This following episode contains spoilers for the film or films being discussed. You have been warned. remember the big moments in the movies we see, the big set pieces, the famous dialogue, the twists, the naked times. But film is an entity made up of hundreds of little moments that either make them special or relegate them to obscurity. We are here to talk about those moments. Welcome to Movie Microscope. Kick it, Movie Microscope. Is Revenge of the Nerds. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the latest movie microscope. My name is Nick Nunziata and I am your gracious host. Alongside me, the elongated, elasma branchian, Hitchcockian, big cockian Justin Waddell. Justin, how's it going, sir? Yeah, you know, it's going. How about yourself? I'm dancing in the pale moonlight, you know, with the devil. Yeah. <laughs> was that, did you mix a little Van Morrison into your Batman? Is that what's happening so. there? Yeah. Something. Why not? You know, where do you stand on Van Morrison? Uh, I thought that the door should have used an entire bus. Where do you stand on the doors? I don't like the doors. I'm not, I mean, Van Morrison has some great songs. I, yeah. I bet you I bet you he was the smelly guy, though. He's not dead, I don't think. I think Van's still killing it. He's still cruising. He's still cruising, traversing this earth, Nick, I believe. Wow. I can't believe it. I, and, and the good news is, is like he still hasn't decided who he likes more between David Lee Roth and Sammy Hagar. <laughs> different, different guy? Um, the doors are annoying, by the way. Annoying. What? A lot of people say that they 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 think Jim Morrison a bit of a hack, a bit of a lightweight lyricist. I always kind of enjoyed their songs. I have to say, I don't I don't give a hoot. I like the Doors. I don't care what people think of me. I'll say I'm a Doors fan. You know, a little asterisk. Yeah. <clears throat> Nick, I took it's, a COVID test today. Can't believe it. Did you pass? I did. I went negative on it. What they, was the uh, hardest question? <laughs> they said, "Have you been dodging?" And I said, "You know it. You know it, baby." That's what I said. Yeah. I screamed out the window. But uh, I did. They, they went up the nose. I don't know if you know that. They swab up the nose. I did a rapid test. Do you, when, they do, when they did it, you should, you should have said, I am not Quaid. <laughs> but, uh, I'm Hauser. I, uh, I found a ramshackle place that does it, you know, with no appointments. Seemed a little sketchy to me, but I needed to get it done because the when I went legit, they canceled my appointment. Speaking of ramshackles, mm-hmm. Linda McCartney. Oof. <laughs> so she was she in? What is that? She mean? held him back during the recording process. Is what I'm saying. During Ram? Yeah. Is that the name of their their record? Uh huh. What what's the band? Fuck, Wings. Remember. Wings. Yeah. And they named it Ram, huh? Yeah. Man, he was out. He was done. He was exhausted. So he was coming up with one syllable words. Is that what was happening? Well, he uh, he actually got sued because the original mm-hmm. name for the band was Coles. <laughs> what? Said why? Do, well, he can't he can't get the the prod, prodigal son, so let's get the prodigal dad represent. <clears throat> Do you think that he named it? It was this. The whole album was a tribute to the football team, the Rams. I would bet. Yeah. Yeah. 
I don't know. Paul, Paul Mc... <laughs> it's, it's a great one. Yeah. So what? Uh, give me a little bit of taste. What, what have you been up to these days? Traveling the living daylights out of myself. God, you are out there on the road, aren't you? So you driving? You driving it? You're not. You're not fl- a, past two weeks, I've been flying. You've been flying. How's that been going? I hate flying. I know you never did like it, but your attitudes changed a little bit when I knew you. When we were youth, youths. When we were young, you really hated to fly. You always. I, ha- I didn't always. I used to love flying, but I had a bad experience, and it screwed it for me. What, what was the bad experience? Monster on the wing. I, I wish. When I was in sales the first time, when I was uh, uh, for the uh, trade publications, I um I used to fly every week, literally almost every week. So we were going to a trade show in Chicago, and flying out of Chicago to Atlanta, uh, our plane started plummeting extremely fast, yeah. and people people were screaming, luggage was falling out of the compartments, you know, everything was shaking. Uh, we were we, we went we literally dropped like twenty thousand. I mean, it was insane. Yeah. People were screaming. I mean, it was, I thought, you know, it's really scary. And then they righted it and we survived, obviously. Right. But people were throwing up. People were screaming. They were terrified. And for the rest of the flight, everybody was just completely, sh- you know, completely in shambles. And it was a late night flight. And I remember when we landed, it was like the- we had won the Super Bowl. Everybody people- cheered. Everybody cheered. And then we started drinking out of the same drink. A chalice, so to speak. Yeah. Pass it around. Yeah. Was it a Delta so they- flight? What was the, give me a little. I think it was Amer- it was American Air- American Airlines, and that's I hated that airline for a long time. And then, if you if you know your history, hugely involved in nine eleven. Uh see, I've been through some tumultuous flights in my life too. Nothing like that, maybe. But I mean, I'm just I got my hands behind my my back of my head. I'm just I'm just going with the flow. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like kicking I'm a breeze. At I'm at peace when that starts happening. You know. Well, the funny thing is, is one of the guys that I hired uh, lives in Indianapolis, but there's no My pants flight. might be a little wet. I will say it might be a little wet. But other than that, I'm cool as a cucumber. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it ain't piss. It ain't piss, right? Might be vomiting on my shirt. You don't know. I was, yeah. You think those are happy tears, sad tears? I don't know. You know? Yeah. Other than that, what'd you say? What so, you so this guy uh, who I hired lives in Indianapolis. Indianapolis and the big he, apple. The big apple. Yeah. And he had to fly through from Atlanta, uh, uh, his home to Atlanta to Richmond. There was no straight flight. Hmm. So he was on the exact same flight as I was on the way down, even though I didn't know he was in the same plane. On the way back, he was he left a day before me and he was on the same flight. He never got home. He didn't get home until like three in the morning. Oh and so finally, I was like reaching out, reaching out. Are you okay? Turns out the plane he was on or the flight was delayed because the plane had to turn around mid-flight because it was having engine problems. And then it they sent a different plane to get him. And then that plane landed and had engine problems. <laughs> so he, he he literally missed his connecting flight. So I had to get on that same scheduled flight the following day. And I was just feeling it. You know, you know, I switched to decaf that morning. I was like, I better. I want to I go out sleeping. Well, you zoomed in, by the way. Yeah. Planes have engines. You know, you never think about that, do you? You, you don't, no. I no. just it seems like magic to me, you know. And and so, hey, I know you guys. We missed you that that week off. Sorry, we had to do it. Life was very complicated for us. Um, we appreciate you guys blowing up the message boards and blowing up the internet in our absence. It made us really feel feel wanted mm-hmm. and missed. Yeah, they said that people actually were so angry that they refused to download other podcasts. It was a bit. It was a barren week last week for podcast downloads 
Yeah, they only three hundred thousand new podcasts were created in our absence last week. Yeah, the people were like, not the not those those guys that talk about movies, not those guys. The Raymond Cruz hours on. Can't believe Raymond Cruz started his own podcast. About time. <laughs> his his second podcast. His probably his first is probably successful. He yeah. had to do well, he had to uh, branch oh, out. Oh, you talking? Yeah, his first one is called Ding Chavez Speaks. That's right. <laughs> I've I've been listening to Anwar Answers, Gabrielle Anwar's podcast. <laughs> did she mention the time I saw her in Santa Monica walking her dogs? Oh, you did. You saw her in real life. I did. Yeah, she's a, she's a fetching young, or well, I guess now she's probably in her fifties, but still a fetching young uh, actress. Right. I always liked I always liked her and stuff. Right. Body snatchers. They the, uh, stinking woman. She, the one about the horse, the horse that dove. Like, remember she? She's that. She's that movie where she's on a horse and it high dives into water. Do you remember that movie? Fuck no. <laughs> what? <laughs> she, she thinks a <laughs> she has a horse on a platform and they dive into a, a pool. A pool. No, yeah, I don't think so. It's a true. <laughs> It's a true movie. I just remembered. They went through horses on that one. Oh, but yeah, that's a movie we should maybe do because it's a, did it's, it a, now was it a just a diver or did it swim far laps? <laughs> they they dove into the pool together on a horse. It's based on a true story. Someone in real life put a horse through that. So she was in that. She was in um, Burn Notice, obviously, and she was once married to the legend Craig Sheffer. Man, did you know this about her? I, I didn't. He's also Craig Sheffer also. Can I can I zoom in? Mm-hmm. Lucky lady. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, if my man, I wonder if my man's got a podcast. Oh, you talking about Craig? Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, you know it. Kind of a bargain basement, Patrick Swayze in a way, right? No, no, he's better than Patrick Swayze. You think so? Yeah. I always got, I always connected those two. Whenever I see Craig Sheffer in a movie, it's like you got one, pa- you got one past him. It's like somehow you got it, you, you got past him. Like the gatekeepers missed their mark this time. You know, it's like the casting yeah. director fell for the old Mickey on this one. <laughs> well, he was in, um, like he was in Nightbreed, obviously, but he was in uh, the Redford movie. Yeah, Redford River Runs Through It. Yeah, River Runs Through It went straight to the Turbulence franchise. Killed yeah. it. That Which I think Ga- Gabrielle Ann War is in the first Turbulence movie. It's great. Speaking of movies, uh, we're the movie Microscope. It's a show where we zoom in. We do. We watch a film through frost-covered glasses. We sniff around the perimeter and engage in the dusts and uh, just kind of work our way around the wormholes and then slowly investigate ourselves so deeply that we see a movie through the prism of deeps. We rip ourselves apart and see what makes it breaks, and we're sure it likes you. So if we were talking about, we were talking about Ticker, talking about the scene where Tom Sizemore accidentally rubs a totem and conjures up the cuties. Talk about the little moments. Is that a Ticker? Is that a Sizemore lead performance? Uh, duh. Not sure. I not sure. I know Ticker. Uh, oh my God. Okay, let me think here. If I'm not mistaken, uh-huh. it's Dennis Hopper is ripping off his speed performance. He plays a bomb guy again. He's a baddie. He's a baddie. I think so, yeah. And it's uh, there's like uh, Seagal, isn't it? Mm-hmm. And it's directed by a legend. I don't remember who. It's somebody great. Is Seagal the lead? No, I think he's kind of, I haven't seen the movie, but I think he's sort of like the cool guy, like the, like the, the, the reinforcement guy. Somebody, somebody directed it who's amazing. I don't remember who. But um, 
we'll do that one eventually. Um, yeah. So, tell me your uh, your uh, relationship with Revenge of the Nerds. It's not great. <laughs> That's the answer I hope for. This movie came out when I was middle in middle school, and uh, so it came out when you were in middle school as well. Mm-hmm. It made my life a little bit of a living hell for a while because the popular kids at my middle school decided to emulate the jocks. They didn't learn the lesson from the movie where the nerds were the cool and the right righteous, right? Mm-hmm. They instead emulated the, um, the, the, the jocks, the alpha and betas, then, and then just called everybody else that, w- that wasn't them nerds all the time. Nerd raid, you know, you're a nerd. They, it's almost like nerd, nerddom, the nerd vocabulary, whatever, all the stuff hit, hit our middle school pretty hard. And I had not seen the movie, not till much later. And so I didn't, it kind of hit me, it broadsided me, Nick. I was like, am I, I'm a nerd? I didn't know. Hmm. So it sounds a little sad now saying out loud, but I overcame. We kind of, our, my group then became like, no, we 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 became like the nerds in this movie. We became powerful because we had a big group. You know, mm-hmm. we outnumbered, and in fact, some of the popular kids then, when they were outcasts, they came over to our group. You know, I'm 48, by the way. I'm saying I'm saying this. <laughs> All right. How about you? I saw it. I had it on VHS. It made me laugh and hard. <laughs> I remember watching it a lot, laughing and harding. I this movie is a was a bit of a. I never, I didn't really want to watch it. It had a bit of a reputation that it was kind of a. How do you say it? A titty flick, I guess. Is that Casey's brother? <laughs> and so, you know, me being a good a good guy back then, I would avoid those movies at first. You know? Yeah. Uh, nope. Not you. Honestly. I, I avoid them now, but the thing is, back then that was the norm. That was just part and parcel with. Comedy. There was something different about this one. I think it was a little bit unexpectedly salacious, right? Is that I don't true? think so. I don't think so. I think no? it's just because we're so so fucked right now and how sensitive we are. I think, like you think about like Bachelor Party. Mm-hmm. Um, no, there was like, Animal House. I mean, there's so many. Like, there's so there many was a required. I think there was a requirement. To have nudity and like in an R-rated comedy back then, but this seemed like it had a little bit more than the other ones that were like oh. that were kind of you know this and it was this one was supposed to rely more heavily on the comedy. It's got uh, it's got concentrated nudity. It's it's not spread mm-hmm. throughout. For some reason, I remember it being a raunch fest, right. and it's literally isolated to basically one scene for the most part. Um, and then you watch some of the other movies of that era, and there was it was way more. I thought you know I think we we've become so attuned to shit that we didn't really pay attention to then that it's so much, I don't know. It just seems much more egregious now, mm-hmm. but I do think that, uh, you know, it's a product of its time and it was a stepping stone towards a better acceptance. And it's hard to, I, it's just so hard to retroactively you know, be shameful about these movies. This is what it is. No, no, no. I mean, this movie's got, got its problems for sure, but yeah. it's also, it also has some cute stuff in it. Yeah, and it's funny because there's a few things in this that I, I mean, I watched this movie so many times, mm-hmm. so many times when I was young, that, and I haven't watched it literally in my adult life. I haven't watched it since 
VH early VHS. I haven't, I haven't seen it for decades. Yeah, and it's amazing how ingrained some of these moments are with me, where it feels like I watched it yesterday. Um, and then that's because people uh, would re- repeat, like like I was talking about in middle school, but people would repeat so much of this movie. Like they, there's so many lines that people would just quote all the time. Yeah, I, I I never had that. I never saw that. Yeah, it, it, it was a big thing at my school. I try I try to make it funny. It sounds sad, but it it wasn't. It was just kind of like a, a problem for a minute, and then you know people moved on, I guess. But it it did kind of suck in middle school. You know, see, my school got really caught up in the Milagro Beanfield War. <laughs> but I mean, just if anybody's listening, I was super cool. I mean, let's just get this straight. You know, they had it wrong. Yeah. I was cool as hell. You know, yeah, yeah. super cool. And, uh, <laughs> well, let's be honest. There is nobody super cool in this movie. I mean, even the people that are supposed to be cool are shite. Well, that's and the thing is Ted McGinley's character is supposed to actually be a, a closet nerd. That's right. like playing a part, but they didn't bring, they cut that out of the movie apparently. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, they bring that back into the sequels, apparently. I think if he's in them. Yes. The, the, yeah. They they did. Anyway, tell, I was. I, 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 I just had. It's funny. I had this this image of um. You know, because they portray his character as such a you know like the most winning guy and all that. And then you think about the that guy's career. Mm-hmm. You know, he was set. You thought. I mean, he was on a trajectory, and he fucking dodged success at every turn. He did. He became a joke. The flaxen-haired Ted McGinley. He's got a beautiful head of hair in this. And he's yeah. quite talented, and he's good. He's what was the sitcom he was on? A beautiful man. Um, sitcom. He was on. That's the thing. He became known as a sitcom killer, but he actually had some success uh, playing Marcy's second husband, I believe, on Married with Children. Was that the show he was on? Okay, he was. Yeah. He didn't end that show. I mean, eventually he did, but that's what he became known as. Like this guy who would end shows. They'd bring him on, and when the show was getting desperate, and it would not work. Hmm. So that they, he he got that reputation. Okay, so you were about to say let's set up this, the film. Yeah, let's talk a little bit about this movie. Directed by Jeff Canoe. Is that how you say his name? Right. Yeah. Uh, director of Gotcha. Director we'll, we'll of Vi Warshawski. We'll be doing Gotcha soon. Baby. Gotcha came out after this. Actually, he worked again with Anthony Edwards, the, one of the stars of this movie. Yeah. Um, gotcha is a big movie for us, but Gotcha was a bigger movie for me than this one. Certainly, when yeah, I was high yeah, Gotcha was a huge movie for me, yeah. huge. <clears throat> and then, and I, I have a feeling it's going to be boring as shit. It won't be. When, I've seen it. We, I've seen it fairly recently. Okay. I mean, first of all, Linda Fiorentino is great in it, and um, it's Manolo. just a, huh? Isn't his buddy's name Manolo or Manolo or something like that? <laughs> but it's got a wild premise, and it's 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 weird. Um, it's got a little. It's a little bit of also problematic, but. Anyway, top so five, top five endings, right? Top five last shots. No. Oh, speaking, okay. speaking of um, a dart to the ass is how the movie ends, right? In a freeze frame. Exactly. In the song. Do you remember the song? I would know. It. I mean, I know it, but I don't know it. Gotcha. Ju- gotcha. Ju- where ju- I where want you. Too late to turn back now. <laughs> and you get, you get, you got me. I remember. I didn't know that movie was how it ended. I thought that's how it started. Movie about uh, a fun game of um, assassination at a school when they they're just using like trank. I guess they're just using darts. They're not even trank darts. They're just darts, right? Yeah, they're not tranks. No, no, no. They just no, shoot no. darts at people and people. No, if they're using tranks. They would have gotten fired from Star Wars. Yeah, it's a killer, killer joke. So this movie, <clears throat> uh, 
a bit of a movie that people are ashamed to star in. They didn't really want to be in this movie across the board. So you got Anthony Edwards, um, you got Robert Carradine, uh, Curtis Armstrong, Timothy Busfield. Mm-hmm. But you got tons of people in this, like uh, Donald a, Gibb. You got Mich- Oh yeah, yeah who plays uh, Ogre, right? Uh, yeah. Michelle Myrink, who you really liked in this. Um, mm-hmm. Julie Montgomery. Uh, but you got Bernie Casey, John Goodman. I mean, the cast is like kind of stacked. Um, aforementioned Ted McGinley, Brian Tachi, who I don't, or Toshi, I don't, I didn't know. Him. You got Matt Salinger, the uh, Captain America. Yeah, but you know who that is, right? Captain America. JD's son, my friend. JD Salinger's son. Any relation one, to Meredith? I don't know, but one of America's, uh, you know, I guess best authors, considered one of their best authors, you know, Recluse. Yeah. Uh, produced a boy who then went on to star, or not even star, co-star, not even what co-act. In Revenge of the Nerds. Yeah, he was in Captain America. Roger Corman's, right? Uh, directed by Albert Pyun. Yeah. Who do you think was more successful, Matt Salinger or JD? I remember liking the red brown Captain America for some reason. Yeah. Was was Matt Salinger's Captain America even released? I'm sure. You know what? I think Albert Pyun directed Ticker. I think we just came full circle. Pyun, huh? Had a, I had an email friendship with him. Nice guy. Because I used to champion him on Chud, sort of tongue in cheek. Right. Sword in the Sorcerer was a big movie. And I think he's a he was his email friend for a while. He did Nemesis, the first Nemesis. Probably. He was not wasn't he like the the, the pioneer of cyborg movies, basically? I think that was right. his shtick. He was always one of those guys that would like do so much with so little. Like you have to appreciate that. You know, like he and he he was like, you know what, I'm gonna make these wild genre movies with no money. Um, yep. Yeah, I always liked him. He had a fun name. Yep. Did you call him Bert? Did he let mm-hmm. you call him Bert? You have correspondence with him. Did you? Were no. Gonna... no, I don't think so. Call him AP? Yeah. No. AP, what's happening? What are you working on, AP? Pewed man, what's going on? <laughs> hey, I'd, uh, I'd be like, you getting you getting some you getting some some ass? He's like, fuck yeah, girls just want to have Pion. <laughs> so the movie starts off with a huge joke about Anthony Edwards being dressed in bed. It does. It's a big reveal. They are so proud of this joke in well, the movie. You can tell everybody in that scene is having a blast, but one person. The audience? Anthony Edwards. Oh, my God. <laughs> and another thing about this movie that we didn't bring up yet, we missed an actor. We didn't mention him yet. Let's have it. James Cromwell. From LA Confidential and Bay, but he is he is billed here as Jamie Cromwell. Yeah, well, that's what he, he that's what no. So when I've I've interviewed him twice, and he insisted you call him Jamie. So his agents didn't like it, I guess. So they he re- eventually changed it to James Cromwell because I think he they the his agents pulled him aside. He's like you're in Species Two. Let's give it. Let's do. Let's go James for this one. You know. <laughs> But you know, this guy was a, was an Oscar nominated. Maybe even a, he might have won. Did he? Did he win for Babe? I think he did. I don't think so. He's so good in that movie. He's such a good actor. He plays. He um, except for that period that we talked about, where he was like the Eraser Species Two era of his career, where he was getting paid criminally underused, getting paid. But anyway, he plays uh, Gilbert's and or plays Lewis's dad. So Gilbert is Anthony Edwards. And Lewis, who really is the star of this film, Robert Carradine, 
who looks like he's about 50 in this, you know? Yeah, it's funny because I got into Robert Carradine pretty hard after this movie. Oh, my God. To the God. point where I forced myself to love number one with a bullet. Is this a legit like line that you're saying to me that's not a joke? When I, got- I was, I fell deep for Robert Carradine. I fell hard, fell hard for him. No one in the history of this planet or the universe has said that line. He was my gateway into the Carradine family. That's how no fucked up my childhood is. Oh, he oh, he have- has a, oh, he's got a Keith and a and a David up there. And a John, yeah. Robert leads the ship, but you know that. Remember that movie, Number One with a Bullet? I don't. It's like him and Billy D. Williams. I think I worshipped, worshipped. It was like their lethal weapon. I worshipped that movie because we have, to, we have to do it. We have to give it a number. Let's do it. All right. Um. Next episode. <laughs> <laughs> Two Carradines back to back. But uh, by the way, listeners, if you want to give yourself a cute little laugh, Robert Carradine has been living in the shadow of his acting family since the birth. Mm-hmm. He has had a, a very disappointing career throughout the years. Yeah. Um, willingly starred in any Revenge of the Nerds movie he possibly could have. Why don't you skip on over to his IMDb page and see how he's overcompensating for this nerd life of his? What do you mean? He's got a goatee strumming a guitar in black and white in his IMDb photo. No, I'm cool, really. Yeah, you, you know what? To, when 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 David Carradine died, he did not move up the depth chart in the family. <laughs> here's the here's the thing about this movie is that it was something that Anthony Edwards understood early because he never he came back for the second one just for a cameo, but he never came back for like the like he was done with these movies after this, and even during this movie he checked out. Is that <clears throat> He realized that this stink was gonna was gonna you know withstand, I guess. And Carradine didn't, and kept coming back for seconds. And you see what happened? Anthony Edwards got this. Eventually, got to star in ER. No, I mean, he had a career after this. Yeah, he was great in Zodiac. Yeah, he's been. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, there's no denying he's he's a nailer. He's he like it typecast as a nerd. None of these guys did. I mean, and then Curtis Armstrong, for example, was also wary of being in this movie. But he's actually really great. He's great in it. All these guys are kind of good in this movie. Yep. Um, but Curtis Armstrong in particular, I think, is the, is the kind of the, the lovable character, kind of the snarky nerd in this that everybody really liked. Kind of the standout performance in this. Yep. And this was, was this after Risky Business? Yes, because they actually reference Risky Business. There's a scene that they parody or his scene in Risky Business in this when he's letting all the prostitutes in the end of the party and he keeps trying right. to close the door and more come they do that here with the mega moves oh really a little bit of a callback okay yeah you can't That's sneak that past me yeah you can't sneak it past me all right so the, the movie starts out uh gilbert anthony edwards is clothed in bed that's the big reveal he's already ready to go to college his best his best friend lewis they're all excited the one thing that struck me as weird is they get to campus you know okay. and mm-hmm. it's one of them says oh, this is a lot bigger than i expected now any nerd worth their salt would already know like have the blueprints of the camp they would know the campus in and out they would be a big fan 
Okay, you're jumping ahead, man. You're jumping way ahead. What did I do? This is like the first 10 minutes. I know, but man, I've got a whole page of notes before that. Holy, we're in for a treat, ladies and gentlemen. What do you got? Well, I gave up after that first page. No. So first of all, what's the name mm-hmm. of the DP? What's the name of the director of photography on this film? Are you talking about King Baggett? You're not talking about King Baggett, are you? <laughs> it's so funny. It's like, uh, I mean, Hall of Fame of history name. And I looked up, I looked him up on Wikipedia to find out more about him. You got to. And that's not his real name. No, in fact, it isn't. Doesn't he share a name with an like an actor that was before his time? Maybe who's that? Who's, who's that? King Baggett. I, I was on the different page because it turns out his full name is Burger King, comma Baggett. <laughs> named him. Uh, do you think he changed his name to that? I mean, do you think his parents named him King? King Baggett. I didn't know it was an option. You know, what a great name though. Like just a almost hard to say. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't want somebody to mishear you. You know. <laughs> Don't his middle name better live up. What's his middle name? I gotta look this fuck up now. God damn it! Here we oh go. Oh my god! Go. No, it does. It does. Butterbeard. <laughs> Did you mean kind bag? What? I typed. I typed. I typed King Baggett, and it said, "Do you mean kind bag?" I found it. Okay, so there's an actor named uh, actually King, King. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. That yeah. I'll He's be the son. He's the son of the original King Baggett. Mm-hmm. <laughs> This is it's like a wormhole. His name it's is Stephen. King. His name is Stephen King Baggett. Even yeah. better. What in the, what's happening? You know what's happening. Uh, but he, he changed his name to Bomosexual. So um, <laughs> this is an earth-shaking zoom. By the way, an earth-shaking zoom. So, what color are James Cromwell's socks in this? Argyle. Home? The color. Argyle's a style. No, I know. But they, are they Argyle socks? No, they are they, this. They they are a color like a copper color that matches the 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 lights on his car, the brake lights on his car, like to the T. I don't think I've ever seen those kind of rust colored socks in my day. Mm. Took- no, you could you could see them. You, 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 can you see him when uh, cloth meets skin? Can you see a little because because uh, he's no. wearing the. I thought maybe Chuck his pants were like high. The, yeah, and then the other thing I was I was thinking about. Yeah, this movie is is notorious for a lot of reasons, but. Mm. It does unload uh, a Hall of Fame pantheon laugh. Like, where again, like Eddie Murphy, Seth Rogen, and Carradine. Like, where, how would you rank those three? Those three. It's certainly laughs. a Rogen laugh. It's certainly Rogen esque. Uh, a, a, a laugh that was created apparently by Jamie Cromwell in this movie. That's right. Yep. And the actors fo- followed suit because the script had just said <laughs> something like nerd laugh, and they didn't know what that meant. Well, it said no goose honk, I think is what the script said. Right. So, I mean, they definitely nail it. It's certainly memorable. I, it's certainly overused in this movie a little bit. Kind of nails against chalkboard on me. Hey, you want to hear a story about Argyle socks? Sure. I took a sex ed class then to high school at the college, local college. And the teacher, cre- he's a creep. I didn't re- <laughs> realize it till later. But he had told the whole class a story about a, uh, a very detailed story about a woman who couldn't have an orgasm unless her lover was wearing argyle stocks and i said thank you i'll sure i'll be remembering this forever 
you know. <laughs> he also showed our class a porno. <laughs> oh. <laughs> so we were sat in desks watching a porno in class, taking notes, you know, that kind of thing. Now, was it, what was it? Was it Kentucky Fried Movie where they do that, something like that? This guy was also against uh, same-sex marriage. He didn't, he didn't think they should, uh, same-sex couples should have kids. He was a, um, I don't know, a legendary fucking piece of shit, basically, this guy. <laughs> oh, uh, but he did again, show a class of porno, which is fine. It's the early 90s, so, I mean, I guess he had to I guess. grow into it. Maybe he's rock. Maybe he's killing it now. Mm-hmm. Um. So, you know, this whole scene where these guys are going to college, I know that we, I'm, I'm digging a little get deep into the weeds here, but there's an, there's a, there's a scene where a girl walks by in, in, in like really loose, like gym short type shorts. Yep. Walking past. Yep. Mm-hmm. I remember wearing, this. wearing clogs, like wearing the wrong shoes for that ensemble threw me, threw me out of the movie. And then, you know, so obviously Jeff Cano is throwing, literally everything at the window to see what sticks with comedy in this movie. There's a lot of different kinds of jokes. You're talking about the sound joke? Oh, with the with boy. The luggage? Yeah, the boy oh. unstrapping the luggage. At least that's the He's, only time really with with that kind of a sound effect, right? I know. It's a, did, did he think he was a Zucker brother for a second there? It's like, an, it's like an erection sound effect, like a goofy, you know, that's what that's what they're going for in that scene. They're unstrapping this huge trunk from the top of the car and then they get a, they make a meal out of them carting that truck around trunk around yeah i said way too much time spent on the moving the trunk sequence which is very long and it's already uncool i mean you don't bring a huge trunk like that to college but the but they were they're carting around uh, a disassembled robot that they <laughs> that the nerds put together that ha- almost has no presence in this movie uh you know? it has a presence it has a presence yeah, it does ahead. a dance number with busfield it prints out directions Mm-hmm. So don't act as if it's not important. It sweeps. It does. A, it does sweep at one point. Uh, the, the 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 house, the frat house. However, it also gets destroyed, and there's just no. Did you feel a connection? Did you feel a, an emotional loss during that scene? I, I I did actually. I did. I did. Remind me a little of Sleep R. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> you know what? I I will give them this. Uh, they mm. spent some. They they spent some money on music royalties in this movie. They did. It's insane, actually. This movie features Thriller by Michael Jackson, a long piece and of burning it. Burning down the house, and we are the champions. Yeah, and Queen. the Mission Impossible theme. It's actually incredible, like that they how they got all the. I mean, that's that's a huge. Those are huge gets uh, for a movie that didn't do that well upon, upon release. Right, it wasn't a huge hit, it wasn't but huge then hit, became though. became a. Classic, I guess. And then there are a bunch of of other tracks on this, who I, I guess are bands that were sort of relevant at the time. But literally, everybody sounds like they're either trying to sound like David Bowie mm-hmm. or Devo. Or Oingo, Oingo Boingo was a big one back then. Everybody tried to. It usually was Oingo, Oingo Boingo, right? But, um, but man, yeah. I can't believe how much they they were. I mean, that's the eighties in a nutshell, anyway. Mm-hmm. And there's obviously a Devo connection because they dress like those guys at the end. And then, then Mark Mothersbaugh, I think, did the soundtrack for the second film. But um, at burning down the house while the house is burning down, pretty subtle. Well, so then <clears throat> that that party seems like hell, by the way. They walk in or the camera goes into it because, you know, the nerds arrive. And then they zoom into the Alpha Beta's house and they're having this. 
I know this, this wild party that people are like, you know, sliding down the stairs, you know, um, doing all sorts of shit. And then it just looks too crammed, too hot. Um, it doesn't look like anybody's really having fun, but then somebody lights the, uh, curtains on fire because they're blowing, um, what a fire on and onto alcohol. What they're doing that. Yeah. Whatever they, what is that move called? They're blowing fireballs. Let's just fireballs. Yeah. And that guy obviously is an actor from the circus who they brought in to do the, the, to do this scene. And he's so self-conscious. Is he? It's like wiping. It gets a little bit of liquid on his lip and has to wipe it. Super zoom. But he burns down the house. And that's, that's the kicks off the plot of the movie, which is the nerds. They've moved into a dorm. They're unpacking. But since the alpha betas burned down their house, the the college I don't know admin decide that the alpha betas can move into the to the dorms, and then the nerds have to move into the gymnasium. And I'll tell you, there's a little thing that takes me out of this whole jock thing. The name of the team Wildcats. I don't remember. They're the Adams. Oh, A T O M S. Yeah, because it's a nerd it's like, school. Why are these people there? Why is there football? T- it's it's so the and so it's an in, in the school called Adams. So it's the Adams yeah, Adams, Adams College, A A D A M S though A D A M S. Right, but the Adams Adams. So what I don't understand. So the, now going back to my original po- original point here, um, do you think don't you think they know the layout? They're surprised by the campus being big. Don't you think they know it? Like the they just be so excited to go to college. They they know where they want to go. They know the program they want to be in. Don't you think they know? Well, first of all, they should have toured the college previously. Exactly, that's what I'm saying. Otherwise, they'd have had to go into draw, find the schematics because this is the 80s. You don't think they would have done that? No, they like might they're have. They're fucking nerds, as Ogre points out. They're nerds. Yeah, yeah, it's true. Yeah, they'd have they'd have spy photos of this thing. They'd want to know exactly where they'd be studying. You know, they're nerds. Right. Yeah, they want to know where they can really work with the transistors and shit. I mean, they're nerds. I mean, you know, you know. Fucking where the how, like how many steps to the nearest Radio Shack? saying you, you know, know, you know how they feel uh, okay i get it mm. you're saying i'm one i mean i'm not saying it oh, shit i mean you are it's wearing weird. glasses it's a weird way to find out you never consider yourself a nerd <laughs> back in the day no because I, I was a shitty student and i was i had i had other problems were you, you know? were you a cool guy i i got along with everybody i really yeah, did i kind of did I was, that too i kind of floated amongst because I played some sports, I also did a lot of weird shit and made movies. So I was, I was a a nerd. I was able. To <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, they they force these guys to move into the gym. That's where they have to stay. Yep. And the funny thing is, this is where the eighties and the the whole comedy scene really comes to play. Let's talk about some of the some of the archetypes that are in this this group mm-hmm. of people, right? So you got a guy who picks his nose all the time, belches, and is horny. You have a child. <laughs> worms are. Yeah. You have a super gay guy, like Lamar. so gay. Lamar. You have an Asian uh, exchange student who is slightly stereotypical. Takeshi? Te- Te- is that his name? Something like remember. that. Takeshi. Uh, you, have, you have a nearly blind band uh, guy. Dexter. Yeah. You have, uh, what's the, well, what other cools are in there? You do have some side nerds that you don't get to know, but you named all the you, you, you named all the feature nerds besides Gilbert and Lewis are two main characters. Did you notice how many times they have to call each other by name? Gilbert and Lewis, they always do. Yeah, it is infuriating. You know that's a pet peeve of mine already, but the amount of times that they say Gilbert and Lewis to each other 
No, I mean, well, I, it makes sense because they're they're trying to tell you that the the nerds have no social grace. You know, they don't. I don't think that's. Don't. I don't think that's what they're trying to tell us. I think they're just bad writing. No, that's what they're trying. That's what they're trying to tell us. That's what canoe. Do you think he, canoe this would be a hit or? So sorry, do you think sorry, sorry we missed a week, guys? Do you yeah. think that do you think that Dan Hideo was sweating it when he saw this movie in the theater? What do you mean? Sure, in the shower scene where Anthony Edwards and Robert Carradine are chatting. Do you think he was starting to sweat it when he saw how hairy Carradine's shoulders were? <laughs> he got he got hair jealousy? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I I you know what? That's a good question. I'm gonna say yes. Yeah, I, I would have. So there's this, there's this, you know, there's a recurring joke. If you want to call it a joke, mm-hmm. Jeff Canoe was really killing it. Um, there are two scenes where a basketball interrupts something. I know. Well, they're trying what to the do work. They're trying to eat in the gymnasium, and they, of course, the jocks are still playing, or the, at least the basketball team is still practicing, and they and they keep getting basketballs bounced onto their shit. Well, they they, they get it into their soup, and then they get it into their chess game. Actually, in, in the reverse order, it's no, but that's it's hum- too, that it's was humor back then. Classically nerdy things, chess and soup. You know, <laughs> these 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 fucking losers are eating soup. By the way, great name for a podcast. What chess and soup? <laughs> it actually is. Yeah, actually is. Yeah. Um. <clears throat> This movie had a little bit of vamp vibes all of a sudden. Did you notice that? As in? The nerds decide they're going to rush the alpha betas. Oh, okay. Because they're trying to figure out how they can you know, fit in. And so they try to rush alpha betas. Of course, it's a trap. And the alpha betas are dressed like satanic freaks. And it's just reminded me of vamp, the beginning of vamp, a little bit. And, you know, they get abused. So that doesn't work. And then they find that their big thing is they find a house, a fixer-upper, so they can move out of the, the gymnasium into this you know, place that, and then try to become a frat, like try to be, you know, take all the nerds and try to become, you know, uh, a frat on campus so they can have a little bit of credibility. Right. That's, and so they do. And what happens? Ah, they get ridiculed, but the, the, there is a great oh. edit. Oh, what, what? No, but they do. They, 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 they finally, the last resort or the, not the last resort, but the, the um the place that kind of gives them an ear that doesn't reject them outright is um, um Bernie Casey's uh, you know, the Black Fraternity, the African American Fraternity, the Lambda Lambda Lambdas. They're at least they're traditionally, and so the nerds kind of pitch their case, and they and those guys decide that on a temporary basis they'll um, allow these guys to try out to be Lambda Lambda Lambdas, try lambs, if you will. But there's a there's an edit that happens there that I that's still funny for me. And which actually piggybacks, there's an, there are two little edits that happen early on before this scene. Okay. The first one is when, um, well, so the scene where they're interrogating the nerds mm-hmm. at the, at the ritual, the way that they, uh, they ask them if they've ever had made love with a woman and one says, no, the other says yes. And then they reverse it. And then, then you hear everybody saying liar. And then it cuts away. That's still pretty funny to me. That's funny, and, yeah. And then there's a scene shortly after that where we meet Michelle Mayring's character in the computer lab. When I uh, the worst, the worst, it infuriates me. Well, he's he's doing impossibilities on the computer to impress her. You know, a fellow, well, a fellow nerd. Like this is uh, Anthony Edwards. Um, it is it is yeah. one of the most annoying things about this movie. What where the, he 
He just yeah. types, he like hits buttons, and all of a sudden it draws a picture of each of them and it animates it. It's yeah, the it's, worst. It sucks, but she's really, I really like her in this. Like you pointed no, that she's out. She's great. Yeah, yeah, she's great as a kind of a, um, a fellow nerd, but, you know, obviously a love interest for Anthony Edwards. And they have a good, they have a nice, they, they kind of get, um, Push to the background their their relationship, but I, I do like those two together. And she, well, the, the thing is, they don't make her a joke. They they just she's just a person, right? Who's who's quirky. They like they, they, that's mm-hmm. one of the smart things is like they don't try to give her some outrageous characteristic. Yeah, she like she's in band and she plays the accordion, but she's normal. They don't try to turn her into some caricature. No, they don't. And um, you know, even the Omega Moves, the fraternity that's supposed to be kind of the the jokey, like the sorority, the one that nobody wants to party with. And even their name is like uh, suggestive, obviously. The, the, those women in, in that party scene, they're, they're all very likable and fun. You know, they yeah, kind of and, they have it both ways in that scene. Yeah. yeah. The where they kind where, of make fun of them, but at the same time, they're they're cool. Like, they're, they're, they'd be fun yeah. to have party with, yeah. And my favorite sight gag in the movie is when he tries to carry her accordion. Oh, yeah. Oh, it's and it's too heavy for him. Gets it, yeah, she's carrying it fine. Then he gets his ass kicked by it. That's so cute. Of course. Yeah. Um, she but, later uh, she quit acting to become a uh, she she uh, become like a I don't know if she's like a Buddhist, but like she def- definitely went into meditation. <laughs> oh had, God! Had a few had a few kind of interesting roles under her belt before this. I think she was in Real Genius as well, which is a. I think she also, was in. I think she was in Young Blood too, and she, and something else. No, no, that's just no. That's for that was the rink. Different. I'll look her up. But and then another. The then there's also the sorority that that the kind of the popular sorority on this that the nerds are, you know, Lewis certainly is interested in, um, and the nerds are interested in that aren't giving them the time of day. The popular. I don't know what they're called. I I should remember because they sing that song. Yeah. And I I used to be so ingrained in my head. Um. She was in Valley Girl. She was Great. in the Outsiders. I remember, yeah, I remember that permanent record. She had kind of a nice career, but she just, she's like, Fuck, I'm out. She of fucked here. up. She, she fucked up. She said, I'm out. I want something more than this, this, you know, this. I want something more than this shallow, shallow uh, excuse for life, is what she, I think it's a and, direct quote. Direct quote. And Earth's like, what's dumber than being a, an actor in middling films. Oh, meditation. Good. There you go. Enjoy hell. <laughs> what do you think of um, uh, Booger, played by um, Curtis Armstrong? His his uh, shirt says, give me head till I'm dead. His shirts, he's always got a joke shirt. Every single scene in the movie. Oh, it's, a joke? it's a joke shirt? Oh. It's a novelty shirt, is what you're saying. Yeah. And what's, what's the word novelty uh, a synonym for? The joke. Don't be a dick. It is I'm I'm fucking volleying your dick back. What do you think about worms are in the Superman underoos? Did you tell me you had some underoos back in the day? Am I wrong? Of course I did, but I don't I don't remember seeing his his his. his he was wearing underoos. Yeah, he, well, he's wearing underoos, but it reminded me my favorite pair of underoos, which I may have said on the show before, is I had Robin. Those might are have you been serious? The those might have been the coolest pair of underoos in history. Robin, yeah, yeah. Because they, they look just like his, yeah, yeah. I loved it. Yeah, it looked like his costume. I used to love mine too. I would wear them all the time. Yeah, I couldn't get enough. I think I had Aquaman as well, but I, I definitely didn't have Superman, which was like the big one. I had Batman. I had right. 
had Robin and I believe I had Aquaman, which it's a little bit. Who did you have? I just had Tiny Tim on mine. It's like Tiny Tim's Tim Burton looking face right on my dick. I had King Baggett. That's what that was my. No, my, my, I think the Underoos, I had, I had, I had Underoos bought for me for someone I hated. I think I had Green Lantern. You had Green Lantern? I think I did. And I hated Green Lantern. See, the thing so. that would bother me about that one is I'd expect it to come with the ring. And if it didn't have the ring, I would be like, what's the point? But you I know, got the last be- laugh because soon it was Brown Lantern. <laughs> I, one time I was at a hotel and I was, it was like a, in Tennessee and I was with my wife and I was checking in and I slowly realized that the person about my age across from me had a green lantern ring on like, a, you know, like on just, just wearing it. And then other green lantern, like a green lantern necklace with the symbol. I kind of slowly realized that I was in the presence of a super fan that was actually maybe thought he was a little bit of a green lantern himself. Oh my God. Yeah. I mean, I don't like to disparage somebody's interests, but if Ring you're gonna gold. if you're gonna be a, one of those people, you mm. gotta aim higher, right? You gotta aim higher. Like Green Lantern? Yeah. Green Lantern's pretty cool. Sucks. <laughs> anyway, so this thing blew me away and it, I just it just took me back to my childhood a little bit. On the uh, in the in the ner- the, the nerds frat house. There's a box of Mr. Salty pretzels just hanging out. And I forgot those existed. And I forgot they were, I mean, I, I remembered and then I got sad because they no longer, you don't see that Mr. Salty mascot. He's like a pretzel, pretzel man with a sailor hat. Yeah. And I just, I just used to get those all the time. The big dark blue box, his right. like large pretzel form on it. Mr. Salty, what a great name. It's a great name. I mean, nostalgic, Nick. I'm going to see how Mr. Salty's doing. He's not, I think there is like some Mr. Salty products, but not that. They don't make a box of pretzels anymore. Maybe some snacks or some craziness. Yeah, I think he's done because I, I click on his Wikipedia link and it just takes me to Nabisco. That's fucked. He's just another victim of the system, man. Sucked into Nabisco's fucking web. Mr. Salty. Now that is the cool mascot, Mr. Salty. He looks badass. That'd be cool if uh, they redid it for the modern age and he's got like a giant strap on. Made of pretzel? Yeah, like Mr. Assaulty. Oh, you know, God. like he's like he's got a big old he's got a strap on with some little salt crystals on the t- on the tip. <laughs> well, Lewis turns into Mr. Assaulty in this movie, by the way. We'll <laughs> he sure does. Yeah, Jesus Christ. And I watch that scene a lot. Um, how about the mopery scene? I have written down, I don't remember it. Oh, the, yeah, Mopri is when someone exposes themselves to someone who's blind. Yeah, th- th- there's a hilarious reaction shot of the guy. It's, it's funny. Be- who, no, it's who, just who, some character. Apparently, there's somebody who worked. It was like a producer on the film that played that part. But um, it's just it's just there's a scene where they're in the prison reporting the uh, you know the vandalism, and there's a, there's just an in, like a little side joke. Yeah. But it's funny because every once in a while, this tr- film tries to be like a Zucker Brothers movie, and it right. usually falls on its face. Right. But that scene. Is great. It's a cute little moment. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> going through my notes here. Um, 
the big the big scene I, I liked it kind of like the there's a the party with at their house with the mega moves they come in and they're having a great time they're kind of prove Bernie Casey's there they're trying to basically prove to Bernie Casey who is amazing and who I, we've talked about before who he, he's great in this well, he just he, recently spiraled through the abyss right he died a few years ago but yeah um, he kind of goes to the the party to, to see if the nerds can party and starts to believe they can because they actually start to throw kind of a good party. Everybody's having fun. Lewis gets laid, and then it's a good me- it's a good message too. Once you start doing some drugs, things get good. And then and then Lewis turns into Hugh Hefner. I love that. That's a, that's a cute scene. Down a rope and a pipe, right? Blow, blows a couple of smoke rings. There's a, there's also another scene that is a mm-hmm. little bit Zucker esque that really is tough watch. It's when okay. the little kid is talking to the breasts, and then he looks it's at the bad. camera. It's bad, yeah. But you know, and then so then they the the alphabet is let these p- live pigs into the party to make fun of the mega moves, and the Bertie Casey gets infuriated, the nerds get infuriated, so they have to get revenge because it's it's a com- it's the it's the popular sorority, and the alphabet has did this together to embarrass everybody. And so then they have to get revenge. How do they decide to do it? What they decide to do is to uh, create a surveillance system in the naked areas of the of the frat, of the sorority, so they can eavesdrop on their of their nubile, fantastic naked forms. So I imagine this is like the most watched scenes on the on the tapes of this movie. You know, the the most rewound. But they they set up a yeah, you're right. It's like a cameras hidden cameras would they have a, a drill with a silencer by the way they're called they're called the pi delta pies Pi delta pies of course and um <clears throat> they all go back and watch all night these girls uh going to the bathroom undressing getting ready for bed talking to each other naked as as everybody always does um and they just stay up all night watching it for most of the nerds do and it's um, got the of course there's this, the one of the probably most remembered mm-hmm. jokes and quotes in the movie is hair pie and the thing that made me kind of happy when I watched it this time around <laughs> was, you know, when you watch some of these movies, especially as an, a, an adult, mm-hmm. you feel bad about the young ladies that are stripping, right? Mm-hmm. Like expose themselves forever. If the lady, feel- if, if the lady in the nude scene is a day under 45 <laughs> in that scene, I will eat my shirt. <laughs> you know what I'm talking well, about? Is this really where a lady... She's yeah. topless. She is old as fuck. Julie Montgomery, I imagine, uh, was pretty young when she did this. I don't, I, you know, yeah, it's, uh, you know, I hope they at least got paid a lot, which, you know, they didn't. So, um, you know, I don't know. It's, it's, it's anyway, this scene, yeah, the, the, the term hair pie came out and Booger is certainly excited to see Bush as he, as he puts it. Uh, Curtis Armstrong really leans into that stuff because he, I think apparently he was very embarrassed to say some of that stuff, but he he certainly leans into it. Lewis kind of turns into a demon during this, I think, and it doesn't let up <laughs> during the rest of the movie. He's he's like, you know, pinching himself to stay awake so he can get as much nudity, as much uh, of an eyeful of this violation as he can. <laughs> and it is a violation. Although um, Timothy Busfield's famous scream is wonderful. So then Timothy Busfield gets a erection, his character, Poindexter, who's, like Nick said, he can't even barely see. Uh, he's got these very thick glasses on. He gets an erection and he screams at it. 
it screams and it's uh it's uh, apparently and if you listen that you can hear the director giggling at the end of that take yeah uh, yeah i had to actually listen to it you know when i watched the movie again did I you hear it, it. Yeah, it's absolutely absolutely audible. And it and it was an ad lib and it's funny as shit. And apparently the backstory on it is that Bustiel actually heard somebody do that during sex. And it made me it made me even happier. Wow. His his hair is wild in this, by the way. It's some crazy. You know, hair. It, it, the, the funny thing is that guy has had a kind of great career in a way. Was it thirty something was his sort of breakthrough, but he was great on the West Wing too. And he's yeah, I think he's a writer and a playwright and all that. But I, I just think it's that's one of the saving graces of this film is that you don't you they're, dare! They're, don't you dare little... forget it! Don't you dare skip over this! How dare you not mention it? Let's hear it. Striking distance. Are you shitting me? That's where he was in. Remember? That's right. We we did a bus field already. He was in the no. He was the no fun cop in striking distance. Doesn't he get kicked in the water or something? Gets yes, put, certainly does, falls yeah. in the water. Yeah. yeah. But that lady's the lady who's the hair pie lady, not a young lady. So I don't mind watching. Oh, she's credited. Yeah, I don't mind watching her old ass. <laughs> Goodman, what do you think of him in this as the coach? Uh, oh, he's he's John. It's okay. He has that line though, like the one the, the line that I always stuck with me was, "We well, you got your asses whipped by a bunch of goddamn nerds." I used to quote yeah. that all the time. I didn't, I never remembered that it was John Goodman that said it though. They should do a movie, uh, an actual movie about based on John Goodman navigating his way <laughs> through this role. You know, like just what is because he seems he truly seems to be dropped in uh, and just, you know, it, he's great in all his scenes, but he's just is not he in great? I just he, I just always he's loud. He, he's loud. I just always he's just unique. I think Goodman's he, very this is the dean. He's like a dick to the dean of students. He just always he's just a special actor. He always brings something, I think, and he's a welcome presence in this, but he doesn't have much to do. Um, and he gives it his all. Like that's the thing is he really screams nerd or whatever. <laughs> he really gets mad about the nerds, you know. He's not, a, not half-hearted. He may be the villain of this movie if there if you had to isolate. No, one. I mean he he certainly is a sub-villain. I think Lewis is the true villain of this movie. Uh oh, fucking hot take coming in. It's not even a hot take. He's a wild piece of shit in this, and so much so that Gilbert even separates himself. I mean, G- Lewis is such a piece of shit in this movie. He starts to make the goddamn Alpha Betas look great, and you have to admit they don't do a good enough job making the Alpha Betas villains. No, kind of, you kind of like them. Yeah, God, that's a mistake. Anyway, so what happens? So this movie culminates into a a wrestle for power, and they the the nerds versus you know, all the fraternities have to compete to become what is it like the prizes. The like Greek council or whatever Greek council president or something. And so they, it's kind of a meatballs plot where they're, they're competing in all these weird games at the end. And that's where some of the problems start to arise for me in this movie. Oh, really? <laughs> well, first Is of there all, anything, anything weird. What about the, the javelin joke? Oh my God. His limp wristed style. It's like, oh. So Lamar is a, the gay character in this. So he's a nerd because he's gay, I guess. And uh, he throws a javelin. And one of the nerds had, I think Worms are crafted this javelin that's supposed to, uh, it, and it does like bounce. and. Yeah, but the announcers are talking about how it accentuates his yeah. limp wrist style. His limp wristed style. Yeah, that's, that's a problem. Um, but the worst thing in this by far is that they have a kissing booth, right? And uh, the main hottie, 
wants to have sex with Ted McGinley, who's inexplicably in like a half-assed Darth Vader costume all of a sudden. Yeah. Which he takes off. Lewis he's, then, secretly, he's secretly a nerd. So then Lewis dons this because he sees this girl going to a fun house. Mm-hmm. He calls her in there pretending to be McGinley and has sex with her in there. She she in, in in a moon room, right? It's like a which the moon room actually looks kind of fun. I will say that. Right. Yeah. Very bouncy. He gives her the old Tom Cullen. She uh yeah, so she she wants to have sex, obviously, with her boyfriend, thinks that he's under this mask. Lewis, of course, doesn't say a word and uh has sex with this woman. Um as it revenge, I guess. But I remember that the actor has <laughs> And he also likes her. But the actor, uh, Robert Carradine, had a problem with the dialogue in this scene. He changed it. Did he not have a problem with the scene? <laughs> How about a problem with the scene? Because the, 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 the dialogue is um, she then realizes that you know, he takes the mask off and that she's been um, she's had sex with someone that she didn't want to. She's been raped, basically. Uh, and uh, he she said, how are you so good at sex? And he, he said, his line is, uh, nerds of, you know, jocks practice sport sports all day, but nerds dream about sex mm-hmm. uh, all day, which that doesn't make any sense. Is he, does he mean he just masturbates all day? What, what is, I don't get, I don't really get that line. Uh huh. Um, cause you know, Lewis isn't, ain't, ain't shit in the sack. Let's just, yeah, let's be honest. Yeah. But yeah. Anyway, he rapes her. <laughs> he does. It's, in Robert Carradine's defense, he recently said the scene is problematic. Did he really? Yeah. Okay, good. Yeah. He's like, because uh, she didn't come. <laughs> that's not what the movie... Uh, oh, oh, that's right. She did. Uh, that's because uh, he raped Yeah, he's like, I probably shouldn't have raped her. The movie certainly lets you know that she has certainly come. She certainly yeah. orgasmed. And he, and he did things to her that she... That Ted McGinley's character normally doesn't do. Yeah, he like, pulled out a sex hint and was like measuring her belly distance and all that. Oh, that's nerdish. All right, well, finish. Yeah, that's a that scene sucks. Anyway, <laughs> by the way, the, they also they also mm-hmm. put her vagina on a plate and cover it whipped cream. There's that too. Oh, a picture of her naked. Yeah, and they, yeah. they sell pictures. Yeah, that's another thing. They sell naked pictures of her. Um, under like a whipped cream pie. So then people keep buying the pie because they want to get her picture. Another violation, but she doesn't care. Like, I guess like that she's, and that's Lewis's, you know, he orchestrating and you know, he also, uh, you know, rapes her and, and she's like, you know what? Hey, that scene is almost saved by, by the performance of Donald Gibb and Ted McGinley when they're, when he's tasting it. So it's so it's such a good physical comedy the way that he eats that whipped cream and he's like critiquing it as it goes. Mm-hmm. It's it's kind of it's kind of very old school slapstick, you know, Lauren Hardy style shit going sure. on. It's pretty great. Good for, for, Except to naked a completely un, uh, unexpected naked. Plus it's the same picture over and over again. They don't I know they don't uh, yeah, sh- yeah should have mixed it up. I mean we <laughs> should have been able to see more bodies, right? I know what you're saying. Should be able to see more naked people that were unwilling. I mean, if they're going to exploit right. those ladies, just let's get a variety pack, you know? Right, right. Just some belated advice for those nerds. By the way, you know, uh, speaking of sexual, mm-hmm. uh, it's good. Um, that Our, girl oh, really grabs, really grabs uh, Point Dexter's j- junk unexpectedly in that scene. 
He was not expecting that. That was an ad lib. What do you think when she says, are all nerds as good as you? Because, you know, at sex, you know. Yeah. And that he's sort of in a catch-22 there. Because if he says no, it hurts his, 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 his companions. But if he says yes, it means he pays a lot of attention to his friends having sex. So it's a tough. Gilbert, on the other hand, um, is fine. Like he's, he is, like, he's not doing that. He's being a, a good guy, Anthony Edwards' character. Um, anyway, they have a talent show at the end that allows the big song to come out. That was a, everybody knows Poindexter on the violin. Lamar, of course, Lamar E, I Tough. think he calls him Lamar rapping. And he's it, it, the rap involves just talking about his nerd crew, but he's got a little bit of a flow. I will give him that. The actor, he's got good robot dance moves, but his that song is the worst, the worst. It's memorable to me. The clap you your got, hands, everybody part just, oh, I hate it got, so much. You got Poindexter on the violin. You got, you know, and Busfield has his wild hair. He, they're trying to make him look cool. You got Bo- Booger Presley on guitar. Kind of looking the same kind of hair that they the, the the Asian actor pulls off in school at the end of School of Rock. You know, I don't know if you remember that. We'll zoom I in. I'm going to zoom. And then the song gets riotous applause, and it wins them the competition. The song sucks. I mean, it's fine. But riotous applause, and yeah. then the speech. So then, you know, Lewis, he he loses faith at the end. He loses faith, and Gilbert starts to give a speech, and then Lewis butts in. And he helps give a speech because he, you know, he helps the speech out. But the big thing is, is you know, if you're a nerd, if you ever felt like a nerd, join us. And come on now, come on, Nick. The sorority, <laughs> the woman that he violated joins. Like she decided, she said, I felt like a nerd before. She does not feel like a nerd. Mm-hmm. Maybe recently. Yeah, she's still soiled by him. Yeah. She's in love with, she's in love with a nerd, but. I, I That actually bothered me that Carradine had the gall to butt in to that. Because he had just I don't like it either. He, he didn't deserve to, to be up there. He takes over, Nick. He like does. Like I said, the villain of the piece. No one wants to hear from him. Gilbert was doing fine. Unfortunately, Gilbert sucks. Who's your favorite nerd? Who's your favorite featured nerd in this? I gotta go. I gotta go. Point Dexter. Yeah, I think he's really. I. I mean, certainly, uh, it would be Booger for if me. It, it would be Booger, except for the what the fuck is a frush? Yeah, that's that bad. stuff. I yeah, do like making- the way he, I like the way he lies at cards. That's cute. Mm. It's like you have four kings, so I got you know I got two sevens, so you lose whatever. But and that was that came out of that was born out of improv between those two actors. A lot of this movie apparently is improv. Yep. Yeah, like like uh, originally the script they had consensual sex. <laughs> Such a horror. <laughs> there's also there's a problematic part similar to this in Sixteen Candles. We got the we're look, we're dropping truths. Let's just be honest. Everybody wants to hear this. Um, it's so funny how like that period in film in general has so much of that. Like the angel and the devil on the shoulder in Animal House. Right. There's yeah. There's the uh, obviously if you think about the Beast Within and Extro and all that. I mean, there's just so much humanoids from the deep is a rapes it's a rape a rape circus. I mean, it's it's crazy. Um, but we you know cooler heads have prevailed, and now we're making. I mean, we're overcompensating at some stretch, but there's some you know you're not going to be seeing that anymore. So there's that. That's good. Anyway, I'm just saying that I don't think a lot of people whenever we said whoever felt like a nerd come join us, and then the all whole crowd is. Is joining them. I ain't buying it. Guess who did buy it? Moviegoers. There was two other movies in the series. I'd just be like, there's more than that, I think. And they always try to remake this movie, too. Remake it, and then they had some TV stuff. 
actually tried to remake it recently, like a couple, I don't know, a couple years ago in yep. Atlanta, 10 years ago yep. or something. Like that. Didn't work. Shut down. Nerds rule the world now. I mean, if you think about it, Elon Musk and, and Steve Jobs and, you know, Harvey Keitel. <laughs> I certainly got to be a bummer towards the end here, didn't I? I'm so sorry. That's fine, man. You're like that most of the time. <laughs> um, what do you think about when the black frat walks out? Like the the those guys walk out to kind of save the day or to help out to yeah. back up their, their nerd brethren and they play the funk music. They, they yeah, and then they, but the funny thing is, then they they do like this. They they pan past all these guys, and they are there are some lookers in that career. They got they they pulled some interesting folks. It's like you're you're not you're not helping yourselves by trying to you know you got you you, you want to talk about making some stereotypes. Hmm. Somehow the movie still has a little charm, even though it is loaded with problems. It definitely does have charm. I mean, it's it, it's got an innocence to it, and it's also got that kind of stuff. It's weird. It's a weird mixture. The thing that is so strange, uh-huh. and this is about us as a society more than anything, never never crossed my mind as a kid that anything bad was happening. I mean, never like, crossed when, my when, fucking mind. When you, when you when you watch it as a kid, you're like, oh, he got the girl. You know, like is that what you're talking about? Yeah, it's like of we a win. Huge win. You know, like yeah, it's a huge, a huge win. win. Yeah. It's so and, you know, strange. And then it's like, and she's better off. Like, oh my gosh, she's better off. She's not with Ted McGinley, who, what has he done? I mean, it's that? a stranger fucked her, but her body feels good. <laughs> it's like, what the fuck? <laughs> she's having sensations. Oh, but it's not proper. Oh, oh he tricked her into, he tricked her into sex. How lucky for her, you know? Yeah. But yeah, I mean, certainly that's. And he only, and the, you know, to make it worse, he only brought one helmet into that room. So, and that's what happens in Sixteen Candles too. Like it's like it's seen as the nerd gets gets the girl. It's like a you know it's like wait, oh, wait a minute I don't remember win. that. Yeah, Anthony uh, Michael Hall at the end he gets this girl like super like she gets super high like super drunk or super high and thinks that he's her boyfriend and, and he lets her think that. Does he do her? Uh huh. I totally don't remember that. But everybody says that John Hughes has like a streak of that in him. Yeah, I think there's a couple maybe instances of that. That's the biggest one I can think of. So hey, look. You think you're at an initiation? Mm-hmm. Hooded, hooded people around every direction. <clears throat> Creepy sounds, wet sounds, lava. For some reason, lava flowing on the ground next to you. Sure. And then you round a corner, and there is a dude drilling somebody, just drilling it. And then he pulls out his t- his needle and starts doing the tat. And you're like, oh, okay, it's Revenge of the Nerds tattoo time. What would you get? I mean, this is the easy one. Back tat, Mister Salty. Sure, a hundred percent. I mean, that's how I get. I don't think I get the box. I think I just get the pretzel guy. Hey, did he have a sailor hat? Am I imagining that? No, I'm, I'm sure he did. Yeah, so that's what I get. Yeah, and if I remember right, he may have had other, another article of clothing. But was he naked otherwise? Because that's important to know. Did he have a bolo? Be on the lookout for. Okay, Mister Salty. Mm-hmm. That's problematic as fuck. What do you mean? He had a. Hat, a kerchief, and nothing else. He did have a kerchief, didn't he? And his he's dick out. Like he's got his tits and penis out, but he's wearing he's covering up his the top of his pretzel head and his little pretzel collarbone. Everything that's else little, is wide that's out. He's a, a little buff, Mr. Salty. Yeah. Working out. I mean, I love I love the way he looks. I'll yeah, say it. Sweet. I love I love the way he looks. I love him. You know? <laughs> what about yeah. you? What what about your tat? Um, I would have, you know, you know, the V of your ass, like where your ass 
like the little V that's with the cheeks, uh, like right down the bottom of your back, little V that leads to your ass. You're not talking about Mark Singer. Uh, so that and that little V and the little crest, my little the cleavage of your ass. Mm-hmm. I've got a, a Donald Gibb poking his head through, look like letting you in the doorway. You know what I'm saying? Like a little shadowy Gibb. Ogre. Yeah. Yeah. An ogre in the doorway. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? It's good. It's a good Mick Jagger album. I got him in there, just peeking out. Like, hey, you want to come in? I guarantee you. By the way, ogre. I've never seen. I've never seen these movies, the Beyond These. I don't think I have. So maybe I'm cheating if I have. But I don't think I've ever seen the sequel. Maybe I did see the sequel. But I never saw any Beyond That. Yeah, I had to have seen the sequel. But Ogre has to become a nerd, right? I mean, it's 100%. Right? He becomes a nerd. Yeah. Yeah. Why? Can I ask you why? Why would he become a nerd? Uh, Why would he rape the girl? I mean... There's just no way. There's just there's not tantalizing enough of a move for Ogre to do that. It's it's just a it's it's a wrong-headed script, Nick. I don't believe that that he would do it. Well, episode three eleven, we'll find out. Hey, three eleven, one of your favorite bands. Oh my god! All right, so hey, look, they greenlit a sequel to this movie. Mm-hmm. You you've been given the ability to bankroll this noise. What happens in your sequel? Well, so it starts with Lewis, you know, doing the nerd nerd laugh maniacally, and uh, and then it 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 he's behind bars, he's been arrested because he's a fucking villain, and then he starts just a, a nerd. He he he. Uh, it's just, it's just, it's like nerds and pri- prison nerds movie. That's what it is. It's a prison nerds movie. Have they ever made one? Yeah, Patrick McGoon was in the prison nerd. <laughs> Do they ever make a nerds in prison movie? I don't think so. <clears throat> Yes, we go. Here we go. So he he he. So nerds versus Nazis, yeah, the white the white supremacists, and uh, yeah, that's what that's what my sequel entail. And um, somehow Carradine's still the villain. <laughs> <laughs> well, it definitely helps her cause if he's on the other side for sure. Yeah, certainly makes money. So yeah, that's. So mine's sort of like a Gus Van Sant thing. It's a shot for shot remake, right? Of the original film, except all of the nerds a year before they start principal photography get super into steroids and they are just shredded as fuck. Like they have giant muscle bound oafs. They all look like Mr. Salty. And they play the exact same roles, but except they're just super veins coming out. And they're just like walking stiff and their legs are, their calves are like creating friction as they walk because their dick is squeezed because their thighs are gigantic and beautiful. Their asses are small and tight, but they're huge, bowed up, big olds. Can't, you know, reach around to turn their belt, but they're super wet and hot. <laughs> greasy great. We get the point. <laughs> Uncle. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so uh, look, you've been inserted into Revenge of the Nerds. What shape does your performance take? I play myself. Okay, <laughs> I'd be a man stuck. Nick. Be a man stuck, right? So I want to be. You know, I, I'm, I'm friendly with the nerds. They, uh, they, you know, they certainly like me. I'm just not nerdy enough. You know, like I can't. I'm just not. I'm just too cool. So I, it doesn't make any sense. Like as, as nice as I am to those guys, you ain't, you ain't kidding. It's, it's not. It doesn't make any sense to me either. As nice as I am to them, I can't. It just doesn't makes no logical sense to join their frat because it just I would just it would just instantly make it cool. And I just it just can't be done. You know, I'm just and so but then I also, you know, the jocks want me to be part, but I hate those guys. 
you know, I hate Lewis the most, but I hate the jocks too. I'm just a man stuck. Like I'm in the middle, you know, mm-hmm. and I just can't, I don't know. I'm, I'm torn. So, uh, I just leave college and wander the earth. Uh, so you're, I think you're going to say you're masturbating one night and you look down and there's a black gloved hand jerking you off. And you look up and it's Lewis and, he's, and you're like, God, you did this better than me. Like you're, I don't do it myself like this. And he's like, I know we nerds, we jerk you off better. No. <laughs> I, I, mixed signal. Uncle. I, I, <laughs> so. Um, I just wanted to be a man stuck. Okay. So, so I, 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 I thought that's where you're going. It's logical. It's a logical progression. Um, why the why the black glove? Because the Darth Vader costume. He's he's dressed up. Yeah, in the costume as he pulls you off. So I'm the next door neighbor, uh, and I have been waiting for my entire adult life to see a, a space shuttle launch on TV. And uh, I am watching. I got the TV. I got my food. I've had like takeout. I'm ready. I'm like, you know, like in in cartoons where you got your knife and your fork. In your in your hands, facing up on the table, like you're ready to eat, you know. Of course, I've, I've t- I just That's tied a napkin, tied on a napkin, and I got my fork and my knife up in the air on the Can't table, excited. looking you're excited like, for food to be yeah. served to you. And I want to mm-hmm. watch the shuttle, and then, but there's a problem with the connection where they're they've actually our our, our signals are crossed. So I'm about to see the space shuttle take off, and all of a sudden, hair pie. There's just a bunch of hair pie, and mm-hmm. girls like. St- very static shots of women in addressing different forms of dress, different stages of undress, no space shuttle. And I'm infuriated and I stab myself to death. Um, you say the word hair pie. Is this something that you've used before? I mean, this isn't no outside of this movie. I know you're quoting it, but I got no. tricked into it once. Remember I was on the swim team and the, and the, uh, the That's older right. kids like handed down a cheer before we go out, it was hair pie, hair pie, rah, rah, rah. I had no idea yeah. what it meant. You're probably literally thinking, I had no idea what it, I thought it was probably Greek or something, you know? And uh, you're uh, forgetting, you're forgetting about our trivia team. What? When we go, when we go to bars, the hair pie Valley PTA. <laughs> so anyway, that was, so we would scream that before we came out of the locker room, uh, in a, in a, you know, arena full of parents. <laughs> it's rough. <laughs> Did not realize, Nick, you know, until later. Yeah, it's fucked up. Look, escrow cleared. <laughs> you you got coins, dog, to do your own Revenge of the Nerds related enterprise. How are you going to spend them hard earned? That's a good question. Oh, wait, you have any ideas? Um, yeah. So I've got, I set up a kiosk in the mall. <laughs> of course. Of course. Of course um, you do. It's a, uh, it's, it's, it's a, uh, it's a. Uh, Uncle. It's- <laughs> It's a curtained little room, and it says, hair pie be gone. <laughs> and so basically, you know, I've got, I've got like pictures of like people in trench coats with like, uh, like a magnifying glass, like plastered all throughout and say, hey, ha- have you been spied on? Have you been under surveillance? Have people been looking at you in the buff? Well, right. he- we will solve your hair pie problem. Like nobody will ever do it again. And you're like, holy shit. It's only like $8. And so you go in there and a mist sprays and you're knocked unconscious. <laughs> and you wake up and I've shaved you. So you're Hair still going to be, sur- yeah, you're still going to be surveilled. But at least I shaved, I shaved you. And I can't use that on you. 
Yeah, so I shave the I shave every region. That's so I, yeah. Always a trick. And you should know too because I I mean there's a there is a a huge <laughs> there is a palette of Barbasol behind them all. <laughs> old Barbasol. It's so weird. It's like hair pie be gone sponsored by Schick. You should know. You should know. Should know what's going down. So you should know. And that's what's so funny. If this movie were made today, nobody's got that anymore. What are you talking about? Some. I mean, we live in a shaven world. We live in a groomed, a groomed mound world. (laughs) Zoom in. (laughs) Zoom. Zoom. You're right. So what would they say? What would they exclaim? Ooh. In the remake. That's a question. Yeah. yeah. I I don't want to, I don't want to think it would be gross. I don't want to know. Neither, but actually, I kind of like that. Sounds like the name of like a crash test dummies album, like Groomed Mound World. Pretty good. All right, what's up? So, my idea would be you know, how Lewis and Gilbert they're rocking these pocket protectors in this, they are, and they're uh, branded by his uh, his dad's company. And they that was always the classic nerd signifier is if you were a pocket protector, instant nerd, right? That's what you were. You have you have all sorts of pens and pencils in there, and also probably a compass. You got sorts of also calculator might be in there. So I would do it. I would reverse it. I'd flip it, make it cool, make a pocket in danger. <laughs> so the sleeve that you would slide into your shirt pocket, that just, it just shred, it just shreds your pens and pencils and your shirt pocket. It just, just it just destroys everything. You know, it's got a little, almost like a little chipper in it. Yeah. It's just shredding. It's just shredding whatever you stick in there. Your your shirt pocket's flapping off your shirt. It's a pocket in danger, Nick, and it just makes you a little bit cool. You know, it makes you a little bit a loose cannon. I like that. Not a nerd, you know. <laughs> By the way, there's a term that used to be used to describe nerdy people when we were young that I think would be a foreign assortment of words to a modern person. Like what? Slide slide rule. I never heard this slide rule calculator. <laughs> oh, slide rule. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I thought you were talking about that's what you're, you're, that's what nerds were called at your school or something. No, no, no. Just, I remember like that was like a line I'd read and maybe in, in books when I was young, it's like slide rule calculator was like the ultimate disc. Like what are you using a slide rule calculator? Oh, I don't even know. Yeah. I don't even know what they are. I don't know if that is. Maybe that's not even a thing. They're just kind of putting, you know, there's a slide ruler, right? Slide rule no. calculator. I don't know. Remember, everybody always had these fancy calculators at school, like these just, what do they call them? Scientific calculators? Yeah, like a Texas Instruments scientific calculator. I never, it was always like, you always kind of wanted one of those. I always thought that was going to help you through algebra, you know? So the movie's over, the credits have rolled, but lo and behold, there is a stinger at the end of Revenge of the Nerds. Mm -hmm. Mine's simple. Yeah. It's our sorority queen, and she is at the Lionel Playworld. And she picks up one of them magic eight balls and just tinkering with it, tossing it from hand to hand, thinking about life. And she turns it over and the little cute triangle flips to the blue milky surface and says, you totally got raped. Well, that ties into my post-credit sequence, Nick. It's a slow zoom into the, into the, re- you know, the nerds frat house, the empty frat house, you know, the party had just happened. There's, empty chip bags and turned over bottles on the floor. You know, the camera clo- slowly creeps up the steps into Lewis's room where he's 
hanging in his closet. He hung himself. <laughs> and it says, what have I done? That's the, the note he left. My God, <laughs> what have I done? Um, you know, actually, maybe he would have printed it out because he's a nerd, right? He probably would have typed it out and then did the dot matrix printing print out or something. Well, they can. And the, here's where the world shows great synergy. Mm-hmm. You could just cut to his buddy, David Carradine, who ended that way. <laughs> Hung himself just... to death in the closet. We don't have to say it so excitedly. I believe it was. A, <laughs> I believe it was a sex act that went wrong. He actually, David Hutchinson, uh, David Hutchins, like I think Michael Hutchins. Hutchins. I think he actually did because I think that was a rumor with him. But I, I think David Kearney actually sex himself to hung death. Are you reading his Wikipedia entry? <laughs> David Carradine was great too. Sometimes one bad night. <laughs> and uh, how old was he when he died? Like in his sixties, I think. I bet he was older, Nick. I don't think so, man. I don't think he was hammering the sharpie at that age. Let's see what's home. What's going on? I'd put him at least at seventy. He died at the robust age of seventy-two uh, in Bangkok. That's a shame. That's I mean, he died in Bangkok. It, it writes itself. I don't mean to laugh that much because it is a tragedy. Uh, great actor, beloved, I'm sure, by his family and friends. At a bit of a strange ending, though. I wonder if he was watching this scene from Revenge of the Nerds when it all went awry in the universe for him. He has a what's the he looks he had a little bit of that guitarist from Saturday Night Live look to him, didn't he? G. E. Smith. Yeah. Look. The sea is raging, the waves are crashing, the birds are circling your personal island. You've gathered debris from assortments of films over the years, and now it's time to take something from Revenge of the Nerds. It's true, yeah. If you were to eavesdrop on the uh, from outside my personal cottage on my mm-hmm. island, you'd be hearing like a, like a yelp, and then a cracking sound, and then like a, a whimper, and then like a clang repeated over and over and over again. Mm-hmm. You're like, what the fuck's going on? If you were to peel back that curtain, peek in my window, it's like a Flintstones window, you know, like a rock with a curtain. Mm-hmm. You peek in there and you will see me with nothing on except a cute little like uh, whipped cream bikini I'm wearing, dancing around the room with a belt. Mm-hmm. And I and and lo and behold, out of the frame, I'm whipping, I'm whipping and I'm whipping something with that belt, like like a bullwhip. I'm snapping it, and, and you're hearing that hard sound, and I'm like yelping. And, and then I'll jump up in the air. You pull out, and you see that robot. That robot has become my S&M partner, and it is printing out furiously, help, help, little in dot matrix, help, as I whip it, and I dance and frolic around it in my whipped cream bikini. <laughs> it could have been worse. Do um, I take yours? <laughs> uh, I would take I'd take the moon room that, that Lewis violates the, the sorority, Julie Montgomery's character in. Because that that's what a fun, bouncy room. You know, certainly I would get some Febreze in there, obviously. <laughs> you know, I would I would wipe that room down. I'd get maybe a, some kind of spiritual advisor to bless it. <laughs> you know, strike the, the evil from it if possible. But then, you know. It looks like you can have a lot of fun in there and, you know, fun, like just jumping around by yourself. Right. Doing flips. 
things like that. That's why I would, you know, I'd take, I'd do that. I haven't seen a room like that. Have you? No, but I've always drank. Have you ever had that, like, where you fantasize about a room that's an entire room that's a waterbed? Of course. Like, you, you step through the doorway and the whole room, the whole floor is a waterbed? Every day. I, 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 I've thought about that way more than I want to admit. Yeah, really? Yeah. You had a waterbed growing up, didn't you? Never did. You never, you weren't one of those guys? No, I, I, that was like, that was for the elites. You know, yeah. I once stayed at a friend's house who had one and Me it too. was, he could have had a Ferrari in his room and it would have been less cool. I know it was, it was a crazy thing. The waterbed. People sleep on water still. No, it, the, the waterbeds got canceled, man. Really? Like they disappeared off planet earth seemingly overnight. You can't get a waterbed these days. I, I can't imagine they're still, I mean, I, I, I mean, no, they're, they're, they start with the, with the, with the nostalgia culture that we live in. I'm sure, I'm sure they still exist, but I think you still get a waterbed. Oh my God. They still exist. Yeah. They, you think about how technology has gotten. Maybe waterbeds are rock solid again. They you, are. You know, you know who don't like. You know who don't like those waterbeds. Aliens, aliens from Signs. <laughs> <laughs> I like the idea of. I mean, they're they're awkward. It's a, you feel like very out of control. It's like in a hammock. Like you think you're going to be cool in a hammock. It's hard to be cool in a hammock because your body doesn't understand it. You know. You got your equilibrium all taking a shit. Sure. You got your leg through one of the holes. You know, you're trying to, you just mess up. Yeah. Like you're moving left. It's moving right. The world's rotating. Right. You know, waterbeds, you feel you're cool until you get into it. And you're like, man. And then you think about, you know, you think about what adults do in those things. And you think, man, traction. I don't understand how this works. It's got to be very stupid. But I think if you fill the waterbed with something else, you know, like minestrone, They you know, still like minestrone beds. <laughs> what would you put in a what would you put in a water beds hole? Like, what would you fill it with? Would you what what give it to give it point. some the, the right give like something with some what do you call it? what do you call it like the density like the you know a different gravity the volume matrix. something like that yeah what put in something put? with put in some hard water put in some like um, I don't know what's uh like what's mattress made out of honey what if you fill it with honey a honey bed could do that. Bees would be. It'd be a sticky mistake. Would be if you honey, if you rupture it, definitely smell. Doesn't honey get old too? It'd be be hard to change out. How would you clean it out? Water oh, you a, can just drain, but honey's going to stick to the sides. You know what I'm saying? It's a gross. Uh, well, that's 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 what happens though. Is garbage truck comes up and you see next to my two trash cans is a fucking honey bed. You'll be taking that. What about what about apple juice? Yeah, or like, what about a vinegar bed? That thing would be some some control. Yeah, or a milk bed. Oh, that would get rough after a while. Mix up. Yeah. Yeah. Although, give it a while. It's a cheese bed. That's kind of cool, right? You turn the butter. What? You turn it. Turn it. Turn the butter or whatever. That's what you're talking about. You making you making butter, right? Cheese. I don't think you make cheese by churning milk. I don't know. Mil- curdled milk becomes cheese. Okay, I was thinking about churning. Don't they churn something into into butter? Isn't that milk? Not milk, but something like it. Is it what are they churning, Nick? What are they churning when they do that? Butter. What is butter built from? Yeah, what are they churning? Like when it is, it, into- is it some sort of starch? Some sort of like uh, maybe there's milk in there too. I I don't know how bu- butter was born. How is butter made? Milk with something, right? They're churning something in there, right? I hope I'm typing. How is butter made? I hope I don't go to a porn site. Yeah, you churn milk or cream to separate the fat globules from the buttermilk. 
-hmm. And then salt and food colorings are added to the butter. And then you render it, removing the fat, water, and milk solids. That's what I sleep on. You know what they call clarified butter? Let's hear it. Ghee. G-H-E-E. <laughs> that word fucking sucks. You don't like it, huh? I'm going to see milk to cheese. I want to see what we type milk to cheese. What happens? How does milk become cheese? Yep. Curdled. Yeah. Man, this is fuck. Milk bed. Yeah, milk bed would be... The funny thing is, you want to just cut it off at the pass. Mm -hmm. Sleep on a milk bed is sort of like sleeping on a cow's mams. So just lay a cow over and sleep on its super tits. (laughs) What do you think like a fish would sleep on if it had a bed? Would it be like, the mattress would be full of like dirt? Oxygen? No. Something, you know? (laughs) I wish fish slept like, I wish the, I mean, there are fish that sleep, you know? So they man. lay down. <laughs> but I just like the idea of at night, the ocean floors is covered with sleeping fish. <laughs> miles and miles of just snoring like every sea creature is acutely sleeping. Do you think there's fish nerds? <laughs> they get bullied and beat up? Of course. Yeah, you in school. I guess. Yeah. <laughs> Who's the biggest puss of the animal kingdom as far as, like, who's the, the mashed puss? Like, who's the biggest nerd? Gotta be the seahorse. Yeah, guy's carrying his chick's kids around in his mouth. You know, that flitting. Yeah, the males carry the babies in his fucking mouth. Spits them out like yesterday's news, and they cling to plants. I stand corrected. What a badass. <laughs> <laughs> Give it